Hi, D. I'm Harrison in fucking rehab. It's Tom from England. I've just been watching some shit on Netflix called The Santa Clarita Diet. And at the episode of... At the end of episode of episode five, they play the sick and wrong theme tune. What the fuck is going on there? Cheers. This is Sick and Wrong, the world's source for antisocial commentary. Brought to you by AdamandEve.com. Good evening. Welcome to Sick and Wrong, the world's source for antisocial commentary. I'm your host, D. Simon. Uh, once again, just like last week, Harrison is in rehab still. Um, although, we actually heard from him. He called into the show. And I will play his message a bit later. We get an update from Harrison. He's... Uh, I don't know if they're doing it like Clockwork Orange style where he's like tied to a chair and they're uh, you know pulling open his eyelids and forcing him to like watch fat porn or something. I don't know what they're doing to him. They, they're definitely reprogramming his brain. I think there's some shock treatments, um, but he probably does need something like that. So anyway, he called him the show, so we'll hear from him a little bit later. But this week I have two special guest hosts, um, which has become a pain in the ass to find people willing to host a show. That's why I'm bribing them with alcohol and drugs. But anyway, I have uh, Rusty, who's been on the show before. Hello. What's up there, Rusty? Not much, thank you. Um, he is a good friend of the show and an expert on uh, sex workers. A lot of personal experience there. Human trafficking. We also have another good friend of mine, Serge. Sergi, what's going on, man? Hello, how are you? Sergi's from the, uh, the, the guitarist of the band Sam I Am and Knapsack. Um, and uh, you said uh, just, just earlier today that you have a new band now. I do. What's the I name do. of the new band? Uh... <laughs> It's called Racket Club. It's basically uh, Knapsack. Knapsack got back together after, you know... Yeah, a couple years ago, right? Yeah. And um, it rekindled my relationship with the singer, Blair. We're like uh, little peas in the pod. Rekindled the relationship. Yeah. I like that. It sounds so special. It is kind of yeah, special, you know? special. You know how people always talk about being in a band? It's like uh, having a relationship, you know, uh, like a marriage or something. And uh, our our marriage, it didn't go south in any way for like 15 years, but we just, I, I'd only see Did him. Did you guys just drift apart, like get into different things? Like you got into photography, you got into wine? <laughs> uh, that sounds like a good story. I could stick with that one. But really, he he had another band that was really good. and we our, oh, He was cheating on you. No, no, no. we broke up. Napsack oh, okay, broke up. Okay, okay, Napsack Amicably, broke up. Amicably, however you say that word, amicably. And uh, he was in this band called Jealous Sound, a good band. Uh, Jealous Hound or Jealous Sound? Again, that sounds a lot better. I wish I could just say <laughs> Jealous, Jealous Hound. Hound. <laughs> but it's called Jealous Sound. Okay. And uh, I, I would see him when they played, or and sometimes semi would play, play with them. But, uh, you know, it's just uh, we were seeing other people. So for like 15 years. Are those guys local? Uh, they were. Okay. Yeah. Because right. Sam I Am's from the Bay Area. We were we were from the Bay Area, but yeah. you know, for like twenty years, we've lived in different cities. Yeah. And so, so yeah. but you guys still kind of get together when you do a tour. Uh, yeah, but quite often we have to get together where we tour. Like if we were in Aust like we went to Australia uh, last year, and uh, we all flew 
two guys live in Brooklyn. I live here in L.A. Singer lives in San Francisco still, and the uh, bass player lives in Gainesville, Florida. Wow, that's so yeah. we fly flew in and practiced in Melbourne and started tour. And same thing with Europe or, or wherever we go because we tour uh, abroad more than we actually play in America. Well, isn't that true though with a lot of bands? So like, uh, I remember an ex girlfriend of mine; her sister married the Offspring dude, and that band never played America. Just every now and then they play. The like, yeah, they they played a couple times here and there, but they tour all over the world. Yeah, I think uh, they're uh, slightly different than <laughs> than uh, you guys are way than, bigger, than what way bigger. Well, you know, uh, actually, when when we started, they opened up for Sam I Am a bunch of times. Or actually, I should say that twice. And even Green Day opened up for you guys, right? Green Day didn't really open up for us as much as we played together, and sometimes they'd headline, we would headline when basically. Not very many people cared about either either band, but with Ashpring they actually full on opened up because we were the bigger band at the time. Which this sounds is like what ninety three, ninety four, uh, or earlier. No, before Even that. Earlier. Before oh, okay. that. Because, when did when did Offspring get big? Uh, I can't really say. Maybe ninety three, ninety two. I remember I was sure. in high school and it's just like, but I was old enough to realize like, God, this sucks. They were. <laughs> I just was not into it. Before they were big, though, they were around for a long time, and they would come up to the Bay Area and play at Gilman, and I got the impression that in L.A. they didn't have anything going on, and uh, Gilman was like a welcoming kind of place where bands could come and play and get shows and have good shows. Yeah, that, is that, that place is still around, right? Gilman, yes. 924 Gilman. It's a venue in uh, Oakland, but it's all ages, but they got so many good shows there. Yeah, like if you're into like sort of like the punk rock world in the last 30 years, like every band played there. Yeah. I, you know, I saw Wesley Willis there. That's amazing. Yeah. I remember, like, I, I forget who we were going to see, but he opened up and I get there and I was like calling people and being like, dude, you guys got to get here early and check out the opener. It's like this big, fat, black, schizophrenic dude with a keyboard right. talking about getting his dick sucked by a Doberman. It was amazing. I only saw him once. He talked. Oh, but in general, he, he wasn't... Uh, no, wait. He was talking about sucking a Doberman's cock, not getting his <laughs> in dick In general, his shtick wasn't being gross or anything like that or shocky. He was just like a super honest, nerdy guy that would well, let, he had let a that couple, slip. Uh, he had a couple like, suck my Doberman's cock. Remember that one? Nope. Maybe I just don't know that I'll particular talk, okay. song. But I think he also had suck a draft's cock, I mean, too. But he's also like, he but was a lovable guy animals. that, that uh, sang about like... I, not specifically, literally this, but like about loving his TV show he loves or something. You know, he's, yeah, I think yeah. it's observations in his life. But yeah, yeah. The, the guy. <laughs> anyway, he didn't draw lines between <laughs> sucking the dog stick and, and like the Gilmore Girls. I guess is what but, I'm um, trying to say. So you guys toured though, like throughout Japan, through Europe, through what? Uh, did you ever go to like Russia? Uh, actually, I mean, we played um, all over the world, Eastern guy. Eastern Europe a lot, but not Russia. And we've been booked to play in Russia, I think, maybe three times. But every time... And I'm Russian, although I'm three generations removed. Because actually, my dad was born in China, and his mother was born in China. We're both Russian Jews, by the way. No, I'm not a Russian Jew. I thought you were Jewish. I'm I'm, I'm 100% Jewish because my mother was Jewish. She's not Russian. She's not Russian. My dad's Russian. My my dad, who's an atheist, but... uh, He's Russian Orthodox. And when you're Russian Orthodox, if your dad's Russian Orthodox, you're 100%. You're like in the club. Oh, it Shit. follows the seed of the, the of patrilineal the, line. Right. So 
I always tell people I'm 300% religious yeah, because I'm 100% Jewish. I'm 100% Jewish. I'm 100% Russian Orthodox and I'm 100%, 100% I don't give a shit. You know? <laughs> like I'm not atheist. I'm more like agnostic or whatever. Just like you just don't give a fuck. Yeah. I admire people that can be in a band because it's hard enough even doing a podcast with one other person. I couldn't imagine fucking having to deal with four other people and then touring with four people like in close quarters. I would die. I couldn't do it. Yeah. I don't know how bands do it. Well, that new band I was talking about, Rat Club, uh, we got signed actually to actually a major label in in 2017 in our our advanced ages. Uh, Mazel Tov. Yeah. And so I spent the last five weeks making this record that I just finished this week. Um, And it's been a while since I made a real big budget record. I mean, not big budget. It's not like the 90s. But but, like a major label. But like a record that took five weeks to make. So you're around these guys for five weeks and you're busting your ass on a different level than when you make a a record in a week, you know, or whatever. Uh, (laughs) It's kind of funny uh, how we, like, there's four of us in this band and uh, let's see, I think... I would get fucking irritated. I think everyone except for me and the bass player at one point in five weeks got in a fight. But the bass player and the drummer got in a super big fight in pre-production and both walked out. Uh, while we were recording, me and Blair, who I love, I'm not saying it, like, we just had some rip, rips. Like, yeah, I, I don't know how you guys do it. I, I would never be able to be in a band. It's hard enough doing a podcast with one of the it's, I, You know like what Fucking is, Harrison? Jesus. Well, you know I, the guy. Yeah, I don't think, I, well, I actually don't know the guy. Well, You've I mean, listened to I'm, the show yeah, enough yeah. times. I don't know if you feel like you love, this is, you know, uh, no, no one I'm in a band with it, uh, is, is gay, so I don't mean it in that way, but uh, everyone, I mean, basically two bands now that knapsacks kind of run his course and every that's nine people and everyone loves everyone yeah well that's the thing it's like obviously we love each other but it's difficult i just i know it's difficult dealing with one person but dealing with like five i mean admire that if we if it was a gay band and we added sex to it that would just the only thing that would would make make it it, even worse yeah yeah like when when i do see meat bands uh you know with men and women and maybe there's sometimes hooking up kind of shit uh i'm just like how could that ever work? Like that Fleetwood Mac. Fleetwood Mac like, rumors. I was about to yeah. say, did you hear about that? Yeah. yeah. They it, added cocaine to it. So it's just. <laughs> and he, what was crazy about rumors, it was like the drummer was like cheating on his wife and like the the bassist was married to that other singer and then like Stevie Nicks. And, and they switched and in Mick the Fleetwood, middle. Yeah, and they switched. Well, ABBA was the one they switched in the middle, right? Or I don't know. Oh, yeah, I think ABBA was the one. But yeah. anyway, when rumors came out, like they all hated each other, but yet they still were able to make a classic album. Yeah. Sonic Youth's the other one. It's like if there's a band I miss right now that could be making records right now, like could have two records maybe. Since yeah, but I don't think up. Kim Gordon's going to get back. No, <laughs> get I back mean, in a band with Thurston. No, <laughs> she's going to really like his new younger version of her. You know, um, it sucks. So like, it's like at me as a fan, I would love another couple of like an, another rather another ripped. Sonic Youth record. Yeah, yeah, yeah like that, right. when rather I came, I wasn't literally listening to Sonic Youth newer records for a couple of years and rather rip come out. I was like, holy shit, they're old and they still make fucking rad records. And, uh, they probably would have made at least one more before we're dead. Or at least toured. I'd like to see that. Maybe tour, play some out, a couple albums. Yeah. Day Gymnasia or something. Be great. Didn't uh, white stripes have a similar problem? No, no I think it was different. They, they broke up before that band started. I read. <laughs> oh, before, uh, 
Before white stripes, before white stripes, I think there were a couple before white stripes. I'm not talking this like I know. I'm just what I, as a fan, uh, what I think. Uh, yeah, I don't happened. remember actually. By the time the band started, I think they were just like really good friends. They're just good friends. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, um, I'm eager to hear the new band. So let me know when uh, that album comes out. Let's yeah. check it out. Um, so uh, Rusty over here has a story for me. I, you know, I work with Rusty, and I was talking to him the other day, and he's like. Dude, I got a story for you. Let me come on the podcast. I was like, what are, what are you talking about? So apparently, you have experience in the world of uh, sex workers. And uh, you were saying that you like became more intimately involved with the girl than you were. It's, it's, it's gone beyond yeah, just a professional it, level. Now it's is like a bad word. I'd say more trusting. Okay, a more trusting relationship. So you guys are in a relationship now. Well, trusted, like yeah, intimate. I, I we I understood the professional the professionalism of it all, right? And I think that was the key, and that was where the respect was built. So, but she's your favorite prosty, right? Out of all of them, I'm her regular. Yes, you're her. Okay, and uh, you now good? Are you on a first name basis, or are you still using the stage name? <laughs> the stage name. And so that, but now you she gave you her real like personal information yes you guys have you've crossed the line i think you guys are kind of dating maybe we'll see if mm. she charges me next time so <laughs> did she did she give you a discount uh no it's the same price every time so i mean i, I think i explained this last time the way the business works is that uh they the, the girls basically rent the room from this uh madam or pimp whoever whoever owns the the the, the condo or apartment whatever and uh, they rent it out for a certain period of time. And the idea is that if they can't book the room, then the madam or the pimp will book it for them as people call in. So I found her the first, by calling this the madam the first time. And she was saying, oh, we have a new girl. Would you want to see her? And I said, sure. And they sent me pictures. And I saw it. I was like, absolutely. I'll definitely do this now. <laughs> and so that's, that was the first time I ran into her. Now, that was actually her first week doing it, at least out here in L.A. So. Okay, wait. So she wasn't like a, a brand new prostitute. She had done prostitution I elsewhere. Know. I'm I mean, assuming because uh, you don't just jump on a plane and fly to L.A. and start hooking, yeah, I yeah, assume. Yeah, yeah. So, so she, so she was probably local from wherever she came. How, so. Can I ask? Go for it. How old is she? She's 27. 27 yeah. years old. Which is kind of getting up there, because you can get younger prostitutes. Yeah, I mean, you saw the pictures. I mean, <laughs> what's your point? Like, <laughs> well, I'm just saying that she'd be doing broken down she'd be doing milf porn. Age of <laughs> <laughs> she'd be doing milf porn right now. Actually, you're right. She would be yeah. at 27. The way she looks. Yeah, I mean, yeah. if you see. So let me actually. So she like, has a kid up. though. So she is a milf. So there, there's yeah. She is. But, she has a kid. Well, you can be 15 in a milf. Or, I mean, I got the whole. I, the, I guess if getting the story <laughs> initially. You, you you think it's the cliche, you know, like a stripper story. I'm going to school, you know. I'm going. I'm doing this for college so I can become a nurse. You know, I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But apparently, she really is. And then, but most of the money that she's uh, using this for is to get uh, her kid through uh, private school. So she's sending her kid to like a prep school, like a, a really expensive yeah. school. I mean, so. I'm sorry to interrupt you guys by this way, but I mean, you do realize that just because you're a prostitute doesn't mean you're not a human being with normal. Uh, Aspirations. Exactly. I, I don't realize that. It's probably well, all a scam. Because <laughs> no, that's that's a possibility it, too. A possibility, I'm just saying yeah. that you guys are saying like shocking. She has a child. How well, could she have a child? Does that even work anymore? You know, but you know what though? <laughs> a lot of strippers would, would say that. But you know, they'd be like, "Sure, I'll put my kid in school and I'll get her diapers or whatever." But this woman's putting him in a private school, so all her money is actually being funneled in this kid's education. 
So I'm wondering if this kid turns out to be like some shitty, obstinate teenager. Well, not even that. Just, just a master buster mom. Yeah, yeah, I wonder if, no, but I wonder if like the mom would be like, do you know what I had to do to get you into fucking private oh, school? God. You know, no, no, he dicks? has such a disadvantage. And <laughs> yeah. whenever he does anything wrong, it's just like, it's way worse. And like, like, I had to work three jobs. Like, I had to work one job, but that job was hella rough. <laughs> yeah, I had fucking a not double penetration like three times a day to get you into this fucking prep school. Yeah. yeah. It's crazy. I can't believe that. I mean, yeah, the story you just or the 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 now or not analogy the the hypothetical you just described. Just imagine like being an asshole to your mom and she says, yeah, being like "By the teenager. way, this is how I got you through school." Okay, mom, sorry. So you're kind of paying for the kid's school. Yeah, I, yeah, I, it's I a had charity. Not you might be able to write this off. No, I'm actually going to try to adopt. Oh. So I'm going to see if I can get rights to visit and stuff. <laughs> We don't know where this is going. <laughs> yeah, okay, all after. right, all right. So then, uh, so anyway, now you like, she told you the sob story. And, uh, well, it's you, not really a sob story. It's just kind of like, I mean, you have an hour. And so there's there's time in between, I guess. And so you, you take it for with a grain of salt because it sounds the cliche story, right? And then at some point, you realize that there's like a lot of truth to it because like she starts showing you pictures. Oh, she showed pictures of the kid. Yeah. Wow. So because... Did you, that kill your boner? Hmm? Did that kill your boner? Was this after the boner was, was already expended? Because <laughs> I would have been like, dude. You got an hour. Yeah. It only takes 13 seconds at pop-off. <laughs> got to talk about something. How many, okay, how many times do you bang in an hour? Depends on how high I am, I guess. So, so usually at least once. Well, I, I, yeah, it's at least once. But the thing is, like, if it's sober, I mean, I could probably do three. So Look at the stamina on this I guy. I mean, I have the stamina. God do damn I, it. Do I, would I have the interest... I mean, I'm not in the habit of uh, having sex with prostitutes, but uh, <laughs> no offense, I, you know. Uh, but yeah, uh, it's impressive when any man can like do it three times an hour, I suppose. But uh, I don't. Don't you ever feel like just like rolling over and uh, falling asleep after? Get you? a little cuddle. No, because you got an hour. Rusty's making the most of his time here. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It, it's it's. I mean, I guess it, so- it sounds degrading, disgusting, but like, yeah, you're there. You're paying for a specific service. Oh no, I'm, he's there for a reason. You know what? You're talking to a guy that wants to get the most money out of anything, and then, uh, you know, I we talked already that I'm a Jew. It has nothing to do with my Jew side, because actually, my Jew side, uh, all my relatives were terrible with money, and like, you know, it's my dad's side because I'm a first generation immigrant son. So it's like, yeah, I'm I. If I was going to pay for sex, I would try at least 10 to get my <laughs> Get off at least Not 10 times? I'd, I'd love it the first, well, I don't know what, maybe I'd love it the first time, then other nine times, I don't care if I like it. It might even hurt, but I, I just want to get the see, most money out of it. I could see Sergi haggling, though, at the end. Well, you know, you only suck my dick for about a minute and a half no. this time. And, uh, no. <laughs> Because you don't haggle. No, you can't. You got to give you the money up front, money. right? You get up front, yeah. and then you're done. There's no, there's no negotiation here. <laughs> so, so well, exactly. that's a perfect segue. So, going into the story, that that what you guys are describing are are things that actually happen, like like uh, halfway through an appointment or, or uh, yeah, I guess an appointment. That's what it is. Uh, guys will start haggling, saying like, "Hey, if we stop now, can I get my money, like half my money back?" What? Like, oh, like a half hour? They're like, okay, like, I'm like, done. Like, hey, I shot my load. I don't think I can go again. Give me half my money back. I'll take off right now. And they're like, you know, then she has it to doesn't say, like, work like yeah, that it either. doesn't work like that. You know, yeah. you, you pay up front. Or like uh, uh, one of the horror stories she was saying is like, uh, they, they lay the rules down up front. They basically say like, you know, nothing in my, nothing in my butt. Uh, 
no kissing, it, it, maybe? No kissing sometimes, depending on, mm-hmm. who, yeah, who the guy is. Uh, don't come in my mouth. You know, a blowjob, you know, if you, if you tell me when you're going to come so I can do that kind of stuff. So she, that, that's one of her rules is like, I don't, don't come in my mouth. But Wait, she, wow. you, you so get she a blowjob without a condom? She will do it. Yeah, it's one of her things. Yeah, with, I'm surprised with about that. I don't know with anyone. Wow. So you just you're just like, well, but apparently before with, she knew you, she was that like that. Aren't you a little nervous about that? About what? She Getting a blowjob without. Because wait, I need to check your mouth first for sores. <laughs> <laughs> I would be nervous. That's actually about a good that. point. Yeah. yeah, I didn't think about that. Now you get the herb. Now I gotta start thinking about that kind of stuff. Yeah. Jerks, you ruined my night. <laughs> I, I gotta go. Is there a critic nearby here? <laughs> but so anyway, so this guy did. He shot his load into her mouth, and then it pissed her off. And then so she then spit it back on him. Yeah, she just you know did her thing, mouthwash, oh. whatever. And then uh, so that was his. You know, ideally you only get to come once, right? That's the appointment. That's the standard. That's what you assume. And then he started trying to negotiate with her, saying that like, hey, I should be able to get two because our time's not up yet. And so. That's what? interesting. So wait, you're only allowed to come once, but you can fuck as many times as you want. What? Yeah. That's this weird. This is a very... That is this weird. industry yeah. is... So, we got to re- reorganize right here. This I, is I, not... I, I mean, so so the term, they, they call it multiple pops, right? You're allowed one pop. And then uh, if you want multiple pops, doesn't matter how it happens. I mean, it could be jerking you off. It could be sucking you off. Or it could be fucking you. You Once that pop happens, most of the time, if you could do within the time, they'll let you do it again, depending on how nice you are or, or professional you are with mm-hmm. them. But apparently this guy just shot his load in his, her mouth after they discussed it. And he says, well, well, I get multiple pops. And so she got all pissed off at him, I guess, and told him to leave and, you know, that he wouldn't. And so big thing happened. Well, what happened? Do, do they have like a bouncer? Yeah, there's, there's, I, I've seen him before. I ran into him because uh, you, if, uh, you know, uh, whatever. You can take a shower if you want to beforehand, afterwards, whatever. But you you do see him like coming out of the bathroom. He basically stays in the master bedroom of this uh, this house. So wait, so wait. There's a dude like a big bolo young looking guy, like big fucker in the master bedroom, just monitoring cameras, seeing what's going on. No, I don't, well, maybe actually, yeah. I mean, I mean but, what, what could happen? They're I mean, there. They they basically most of the communication is done through texting because I mean she'll get texts throughout the thing. Is everything okay? But the guy is just like. You know, whatever it is, twenty feet, fifty feet down the hallway. So. What is this like? A suburban home? Like it's it's a, a condo, yeah, in the valley or something. Yeah, oh. in Van Nuys. Mm. Wow. So if this dude was haggling with her, she could just text a guy, or it's probably there's probably a code. She or probably something. could just open the door and say, "Get this fucking guy out of my out of the house," and the guy would come out, and then what are you gonna do? You're sitting there naked, and you know, a naked asshole, and there's a big black guy. You're know, <laughs> you know, like. Get your shit and get out of here. You're not going to try to fight him, I guess. So maybe you would. I don't know. But. I mean, some guys would probably enjoy the fight. Yeah, so I, I got yeah. laid and I got in a fight. Got in a fight. Yeah. Night. Pop again. You can do another pop there. Yeah. <laughs> During the you're fight. bisexual and you're naked. You might as well just and kick so his ass. It, 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 I had no idea that you would think these, you know, of course, of course it's naive thinking this, but I guess if a guy is considered a regular, you know, there are twice or more. He's given pretty much a lot of you know carte blanche to do what he wants. Yeah, it seems like you guys get some latitude outside of basically, yeah, like you know, physically beating uh, the girl. But like you know, if they fuck around, they go, they they cross borders that are, boundaries that are set. That the, there's you know, they're allowed to basically. Dude, I don't know, man. The whole thing just creeps me out. I would never be able to do that. I would rather just like jack off to Red Tube or something. Yeah. I just I don't. I, I don't I, also the same thing. It doesn't give me the thrill. Like I'm too. 
I'd be too creeped out by germs and just the whole scene. It may, it makes me kind of curious. Actually, when we started talking here, I thought this is funny. And, and <laughs> no, I, it's dark. And Russ is dark. I've only known you now for like half an hour, but like I like you. So I, I don't mean to say anything like I'm uh, making any valid judgment to you no, or I, your choices. I'm, but it makes me curious because, you know, when we first started, oh, this is a cool story. I'm glad I'm guesting on this podcast to talk about it. But as it went on, it's making me feel like, uh, uh, like I'm embarrassed to be associated you're, with you're this conversation. It, yeah. yeah. Uh, for the, like for these women and stuff. Uh, like I say, no value judgment on you. No, I, none taken. I, I'm just kind of curious. Uh, what the allure like is this uh like doing with prostitutes is it uh fulfilling some kind of like special need that you can't get from a girlfriend or uh like why are you, why, why do why, i do it it's getting like psychological sorry though. sorry like, yeah. i know i got all really downer, deep, but like barbara walters over sorry. here sorry i'm no I'm, 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 I'm just curious like is it like why go to a hooker yes why go to a hooker yeah um I don't know. I mean, like I think you asked me this question. Uh, D asked me this question. I think last time also, and pretty much I've been doing this since uh, my college days. And we used to. I had a buddy of mine. Uh, we used to drive out to Pahrump where it's legal, right? And it became kind of a ritual. And I, I guess because it's easy, it's convenient. Yeah. Um, no, I you, I think actually to me like prostitution uh, that is consensual in the respect that. Uh, it's a person of age, for instance, yeah. that is doing it. And it's like, you know, it's a, it's a living or whatever. And, and, a, and a John, that's, uh, while it might not be for me, it's like, fine. Like, I'm an adult, you know. Uh, I'm not morally opposed to it. It's just now you've touched on a whole different side of it that actually, like, a, a real well, big... No, it's a dark world. No, I mean, this, this stuff happens. It's and an so, illicit activity. So, so the first time I, I crossed into that world, there was a lot of worry. And I was, I was, all these things I just talked about was things that I worried about. Yeah. What am I going to do? Hypotheticals. Like if she's underage or if the guy comes out with a gun and robs me and says, just give me your money. Like, do I, you know, what do I do? Yes. Uh, the first couple of times, uh, you know, I, maybe I got lucky, but like the first guy, the first uh, pimp that I guess I ran into, we hit it off. We like I told uh, D, we were doing cocaine together and laughing about it, so like that. That was definitely a human trafficky kind of situation. It, you know, the the girls seemed all like they didn't want to be there. The place was a little bit dirty, but the reason why I stuck with this new place was because it was clean. Uh, it was more customer. Yeah. It, it felt like it was very customer service uh, oriented. It so. also seemed like the girls were independent contractors. Exactly, like they were there. They were, they were there. They room. wanted to yeah. be there, yep. and then you know yeah. that kind of thing. And so once I realized that, and also it's probably my naiveness was probably reinforced because I stuck regularly with this uh, this uh, Miss Florida girl, and so she was also this independent person. Mm -hmm. When and then the longer she worked at this place, the horror story she started seeing. And then when she felt more comfortable with me, sharing with me, basically the, the, the shaders or the naiveness went away. And I started seeing exactly, yeah, they're all, these places are all the same. You removed the rose-colored glasses. So, it is a sketchy world there. So, so yeah. to finally answer that question, I guess, yeah. uh, I am not going to go back in, uh, to that place, mm -hmm. just based on what I know now. Because I, I realize now that they do deal with underage women, uh, girls, not women, whatever you want to call it. Uh, and they're also using drugs to... You know, manipulate, coerce women, yeah. coerce women. Yeah. But 
it was nice timing though because now I figured out we can figure out how you can make house calls. We can do this house call yeah. with uh, Florida. So yeah, yeah. Anyway, before this uh, gets into uh, more of a Doctor Phil episode here, <laughs> Jesus, Sergi, I'm sorry. God, do you have any more probing questions no, to no, ask I, here? This is probe, probe. No, you know, because because <laughs> when we were, you know, earlier, when, uh, I I listened to your other episode. Yeah, yeah. And it was lighthearted and fun, and I was like, "Whoa, dark!" I love LA because it's just freaking weird, and there's dark sides of LA that uh, you know, just like this or whatever that just goes on every day. And that's what that podcast was about. And it was all funny. I'm sorry. No, but but this time yeah. it's actually me. I, mean, I blew time, it because it's like you... a requiem for a dream all yeah. of a sudden. Yeah, yeah. get really dark. Anyway, we're moving on. This is a this is a comedy podcast. It's not time for all the dark, like psychological. Sorry. I'm sorry, uh, oh god, issues just... here. But anyway, um, it's episode five seventy one here. Second wrong. Got my two co-hosts. We're gonna talk about second wrong news coming up next. Uh, we also have some phone calls to get to. But first, here's a word from Adam and Eve. It's butt plug month on AdamandEve.com. Show that you still care by bringing something new into the bedroom. And by something new, I mean a butt plug. Because if you order right now and use coupon code DIDDLE, you get 50% off your first item, a gift so sensual I can't even tell you about it on this podcast that talks about murder and bukkake, and on top of all of that, free shipping. Support Sick and Wrong by supporting our sponsor, adamandeve.com, and making a purchase with coupon code DIDDLE. That's D-I-D-D-L-E. So we got some news stories to get to. Uh, first thing here, it's a like father, like son story. Did you guys hear about this? Jerry Sandusky's son. Arrested on child sex abuse charges. Jerry yes. Sandusky. Jerry Jr. Jerju. Also Jeju. molesting kids. No, actually, his name's Jeffrey. But, uh, adopted. Was he adopted? Adopted son. Yeah, this is So weird. it's not her- hereditary. I, I don't think uh, being a pedo is her- hereditary, but I do think it's, it's, it's in your environment. So I guarantee Jerry probably diddled Jeffrey at one point. <laughs> I mean, if they're not diddled. related, it's like yeah. pretty much 99.99%. Taught him the techniques. Probably. Yeah. So uh, Jeffrey Sandusky, the 41-year-old son of Jerry Sandusky, the former Penn State assistant football coach who was convicted of sexual abuse of minors, has been arrested on felony and misdemeanor child sex offense charges. Um, yeah, he guarantee he molested him. It's, it's, it's a weird thing. It's like... Uh, it's so vilified. In, what, being a pedo? In, yeah, being well, a pedo. good reason. In this show, how often <laughs> is an English guy calling me, go, that paid out bad, that, or whatever. But it's mental illness, you know? So, like, uh, part of me, it's just like, fuck, what a bummer. Like, what an asshole. Yeah. But what a bummer. Also, but at the same time, it's like you're raping children, so. No, I, I said, he's an asshole. It's, ass- it's hard it's, what to an have asshole. You know, me and you got in a fight, actually, a verbal fight, about when uh, Osama bin Laden got uh, killed. Remember that? Got diddled? No, when he got killed. <laughs> got killed. When he got no, killed. I don't remember. What did we, we, we say? Let me, did it bother you that everybody was cheering? Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm in that same boat. I don't, you, you know, uh, you probably share a lot I of... I cheering. No, but you, you re- kind of ridiculed me in front of a bunch of people because I said... Something to the effect of it's really fucked up how all of society is just like yeah we yeah, got we that bastard somebody. yeah especially a lot of people that probably share a lot of similar uh, I don't recall this so wait I was like yeah, yeah, when you, America when you, fuck yeah not in that way no no but is I saying the dude deserved to die no what you did is you ridiculed me I don't want to bring up open uh, wounds or anything Real I don't uh, even remember this. No, it uh, it was one of those lunchtime things when uh, when you lived downtown. And oh, yeah, we, we used to deep. actually when I lived downtown and uh, I worked from home. We used to have lunch all the time. Yeah, 
And, uh, you know, I'm not an advocate in any way of terrorism, slightly. And stuff, but I think I share a lot of ideals with uh, some terrorists. Like, I'm anti-commercialism and the raping of the third world, blah, blah, blah. That that's, you know, starts that. So, so when uh, everyone's hmm. in the streets cheering, like, fuck yeah, we got that fucking bastard. People don't even think critically about why yeah. terrorism exists or, or whatever. And so I said something like that. And there was like five of us or whatever eating. And then you just like uh, kind of made fun of me or whatever. And uh, Interesting. Hmm. I don't remember. Because that's not you. Yeah. Usually you're the, uh, the the sympathetic or empathetic. Well, no, I'm not. So. No, I've, I have no sympathy for Osama bin Laden. No, like, I think that guy should have been taken no, out. No, I don't either. I'm fine with that. But the reason why I bring this up is I don't have any sympathy for this uh, Sandusky guy, either of these Sandusky guys. But I do have, uh, and I don't think that they shouldn't be imprisoned or that I don't think the guy should. No, I think pedophiles should be treated. I, yeah. I, I agree. I don't think we should go cut their dicks off. But it is still a fucked up thing to do. I know. I'm just saying, part of me, when I hear any of this stuff, I just go like, uh, I have empathy for these people because I don't think anyone wants to, to have like sexual proclivities that harm other people. I mean, I'm sure there are people who do. But yeah, there's probably some, some, some evil <laughs> pedos out about there that prey on children. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, the, I remember being a kid watching uh, a movie, or it's like uh, Butch Cassidy's Son Dance Kid or whatever. It's like, uh, or, Is there or, a pedophile in that? No. <laughs> no, but it's a movie where the movie's made to, to make you root for the bad guy, basically, yeah. right? And you, it, a lot of movies are like that. Yeah, the, yeah, the yeah. bad guy, uh, antihero. You show, you show, they show. Most them, movies I root for the bad well, guy. What's yeah, the point? I do too. I'm not rooting for the pedophile. <laughs> I know what I'm getting at. But right, I, are you I, in Nambla now? Because you never told me about this. <laughs> I I hundred percent understand what you're saying. Yeah. What, what you're trying to say, at least I guess, and I, I I agree with you. Yeah, there's there's it's just fucked for everyone involved. No, exactly. I mean, yeah. I don't think these people were like, you know what? I'd love to be a pedophile. Exactly. I, I want to do this. I, obviously, there's some trauma that happened that that led them to be this way. However, at the same time, I think a lot of these people don't willfully seek treatment. Yes, that's, maybe that's, they can't afford it. They know, but it. I think that 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 should be available to Absolutely. them. Absolutely. You know, and it, it it's it's shitty. I mean, it, it ruins their life. You know, it ruins the children's life. Yeah. However, I do I do kind of have more sympathy for the victim. Of course, no, I do too. But, That's not my point. But anyway, Jeffrey Sandusky currently faces fourteen counts, including soliciting sex from a girl said to be under sixteen and soliciting child porn. Uh, the charges involve incidents with two different girls in 2013 and another one in 2016. According to uh, the girl victim number one here. She actually knew Sandusky personally, and her mother dated him for six years. And he lived with the woman and her children for five of those years. In this report, the, uh, the victim claimed she could hear Sandusky walking down the hallway when she was showering, and she saw him peering into the bathroom. Do you think his father, Jerry, would have been disappointed in his son because he's molesting girls rather than boys? <laughs> You, did, you thought that was going somewhere else. This is like some <laughs> fucked up episode of like Breakfast Club thing or something. No, but do you think he's just like, really? Did I not teach him anything? <laughs> did I not teach you? you, you you've learned nothing. Yeah. Now, I wonder. I don't know. I, I wonder if he'd just be disappointed that he's like, oh, God, really? I did all them once. I didn't think he was going to turn out to be like me. Well, I mean, oh, in that sense, I thought he meant that he picked girls instead of boys. No, but that, no, that's, uh, what, that's that, uh, was the, that was the, uh, the, the feeble attempt at a joke. 
Um, but according to the police report, the alleged crimes were brought to the attention of the police in March 2016 when the girl told her father that Sandusky had texted her repeatedly asking to send her naked pics. Jesus. Yeah. Uh, he also found a second victim, number two here, that told police that Sandusky asked her to engage in oral sex with him. Um, and he used different excuses to get photos, including saying that he studied medicine. How does, how does that work? I mean, if a doctor asked me, like, hey, yeah, I want to see a picture of your dick. It's like, I, you know, I'm a, I'm a doctor. It's like, I, I stubbed my toe. Why did you see that? <laughs> I have a sore throat. Uh, okay. These uh, people look at me like, uh, what's that? The Justin guy who pretended he was Justin Bieber. And then uh, convinced the girl to send her, or a little girl, a young girl, to send pictures of herself naked because she thought it was Justin Bieber. Yeah, I mean that that stuff happens like, stuff like that. I mean, but this is just—I mean, this guy's just an idiot. I never understood that. It's like you're you're dating the mom. You really think this little girl's not going to say something about this? No, I think actually that ha- I think that happens more than than we yeah. might know. It's like yeah, fear and shame. You Especially use that if it's a family member. A, the space that the so younger you are, usually the you know dumber, not dumber, but like no, but it's true though. I mean, it's like the you know the more naive you are, yeah. it's like you you know you get and you get scared tripped. and you don't have other options. It's not like you can like just. Like, uh, go to your apartment and get away from the guy. <laughs> like, I'm like, going home exactly. to my pad. Um, Jerry Sandusky is uh, still in prison. He was the focal point in a child sex abuse scandal that rocked Penn State University and college football in general. He was actually convicted of sexually abusing 10 boys and was sentenced to 30 years in prison at the age of 68. So he's probably going to die in prison. You never really hear how that dude's doing in prison. Did he go to like a celebrity prison? No, he's, I'm sure he he's like, just some sort of solitary, won't ever be in general population. He'll get destroyed. Well, because he's a chomo. Like they, they, don't get a, yeah. they don't get treated very uh, favorably, uh, to say the least. Um, and even uh, Joe Paterno, uh, who ignored the complaints of Jerry Sandusky's sexual assault, the university still celebrated that guy. No, they tore his, uh, his statue down. Recently? Yeah, that was a big deal because they realized that there was when the evidence came out that uh, uh, he was uh, uh, he actually turned he ignored a lot of the the instant uh, yeah the tour of the uh, statue. I down. mean, the, a whole host of people had to be like turning their backs on it, you know. But well, yeah, like, I mean, the pack been, mentality for that, years. Yeah, it, it's uh, <laughs> it's another thing. Everyone's a victim of this. Yeah, no, it's dep- it's yeah, it's depressing. But it reminds me, the whole uh, father-like-son kind of thing. Did you ever see that documentary, Capturing the Freedmans? Not yet. Did you see that? Uh, It came out like maybe 10 years ago, but it was about this family from the 80s that in Long Island, they had a computer class or whatever at their home. (laughs) And like the father and son, both like tag team molesting kids that were like eight years old. And what's, what's remarkable about the doc, though, it's it's not a comedy, people. It's a serious documentary. But um, in the documentary, they actually interview the victims. But now they're like you know like our age, and so they're like sitting there candidly talking about it. It's like yeah, you know, the dad used to always be like, let's play naked leapfrog, and you know we're eight. We didn't know. We thought that was normal. It's like no, naked leapfrog is not normal. That's not a normal game to play. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a really disturbing documentary. But it was weird because it was like the dad got busted, and then it turns out during the trial that the son was also involved. So it was kind of like a family thing. Did but you, you were saying that another case, which you might know, I didn't actually know this kind of girl. You were, yeah, 80s. you were in the country. When but what was the McMartin case? Yeah, remember the McMartin Do you remember case? That? It, had, it was local, uh, uh, Los Angeles proper. What years are we talking about? Was it, uh, it happened, it went over 10 years, but like, uh, I think it was during the 80s, after 88. Mm-hmm. So, but it was basically a, a family run uh, daycare center. And uh, they, uh, 
were blessing uh, children. I think you have more details on the actual. But, but did you say like the mother was involved and it was like the the, the mother, the son, the husband, <clears throat> like pretty much the whole it... McMartin family? And I just remembered it was such a huge, huge deal uh, that I mean it impacted me. I remember my parents talking about it and saying because I, I was God, well, I, must, I don't even know how old I was, like about ten years old at the time. And then, uh, of course, going to school and everybody's like making... Yeah, well, were there there, like McMartin jokes? McMartin jokes. And then, of course, the one that I remember was, uh, you know, you go to school and they're like, hey, hey, what's a... uh, uh, What do you call a large piece of meat between two small buns? A McMartin burger. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Like those kind of jokes. And then all the kids would laugh and then you go home and the parents are all serious. Like, you know. Did the whole family get busted? Like, were they all in jail? The the details like that, I don't know. I'm not sure. But I know that they were... Multiple people were involved. Like, close to like six or seven it's wow. it just shows how weird life is i guess this podcast is about how weird life is but like for everything we can talk about there's probably like a hundred thousand untold number that we oh yeah don't know about worse, that yeah. it's just like a daily life yeah no i mean it's it's definitely scary so uh, the, sorry the, the it was 87 so yeah. oh, i happened in 87 the martin case I don't know if there's a is there a uh, hip documentary about that one because capturing the Freedmen's is a very hip documentary. I don't know who did it. I forget to look. I should were, look into that. Were the graphics really slick? On <laughs> the that? graphics were slick. I think uh, I'm trying to think of who did the soundtrack. It was like some like Sonic Youth or something. It was, they had a cool soundtrack. It was a very hip movie. Um, the subject matter not so hip. Very disturbing. Um, second story is about. Did you guys hear about this? Uh, Kim Jong-un's half-brother was assassinated, but in this like bizarre Austin Powers, James Bond type of way. Do you hear about this? Yep. Yes. Crazy. Um, one of the two women who authorities said poisoned the Playboy half-brother North Korean leader Kim Jong-un was arrested Wednesday at a Malaysian airport. Um, Kim Jong-nam's purported assassin. Are they all named Kim Jong? Well, Kim, so in the Korean, you say the last name first. So they're all Kim. Okay, so, so Kim Jong Un, his name is Jong Un, Jong Un and Jong Il. Jong Il's the dad, and so uh, Jong Chol, Jong Nam is the the brother who got killed. Jong Nam. Okay, how come you're like Kim Rusty Nam or something? <laughs> he he, uh, Rusty's half Korean. Half Korean. Yeah. Um, Kim Jong Nam's a purported assassin, purported assassin, identified as 28 year old Don Ting Huang, was taken to police custody in uh, Kuala Lumpur. Uh, she was positively identified from CCTV footage at the airport and was alone at the time of the rest. However, I've heard that they actually caught the second girl as well. But in a scene out of a James Bond film, these, these girls are like fembot assassins. It's amazing that they would use this technique. Um, the toxic spray-wielding femme fatales targeted 45-year-old Jong Nam, uh, the globe-trotting black sheep of his North Korean ruling class family. I didn't actually even know about this guy, but apparently he's, like he's a party like a animal. He's a party animal. He had like fake passports. He'd go to like Tokyo Disneyland and like, you know, party with strippers. That's why he was um, alienated from the family. He was ostracized. Like they were like, they cast him out. Where did he live? Um, he actually lived uh, in China for a while. He lived in uh, Malaysia for a bit. And he has like children in Beijing. Um, the women believed to be North Korean agents unleashed noxious fumes in the face of Zhang Nam as he waited for a flight to Macau, China. Um, Zhang Nam staggered to a receptionist, indicating that he was on the verge of passing out and suffering a mild seizure. Uh, when medical personnel arrived, he like breathed, and he said that he was attacked with a chem- chemical spray, but he was having difficulty breathing. And then he ended up dying before he even got on the plane. It turns out that um, these women uh, 
these women actually thought, well, at least this is what the uh, one of the, the women that was uh, arrested said. She thought that she was in a comedy prank show, like Candid Camera. Great defense. Yeah. She says that. Well, that's what she said. She said she was duped into thinking she was part of a comedy show prank. Um, her name is C.T. Isaiah. I'm 25 years old. She was paid to spray unsuspecting men with water. He said that as part of the ruse, she and another woman convinced men to close their eyes before dousing them in the face. Uh, it was done about three or four times. They were given a few dollars for it. And the last target, Kim Jong-nam, allegedly there was dangerous materials in the spray. So they gave like water just to the other dudes. And then these, uh, and they're, they're kind of like sexy Malaysian girls. They probably thought it was funny. Well, there's, there's a really uh, internet picture of going on one of them, right? And she looks yeah. really cute. When she's got an LOL. She's she's wearing a shirt that says LOL. LOL. I could see that. I mean, I could see these girls. They, oh, yeah. they think they want to be actresses or something. And someone like goes like, hey, you know what? Just go spray these men. Say it's part of a joke. And the last one, it's like, you know, here's some uh, Cyclone B. Just spray that guy in the face. And so, yeah, she, she did that. And, uh, and uh, she had, I, I don't think she even realized that, that, he, that it was lethal. And she, that, according to what she said. Yeah. Who knows? knows? Um, But they they don't sound like North Korean, like trained North Korean assassins. I mean, this girl's from Malaysia. Um, But who knows how it works? Uh, The casino-loving Zhang Nam, whose late father was Kim Jong-il, was rushed to a hospital where he was pronounced dead on arrival. Uh, Officials requested that the body be released from them right away and sent back to North Korea, but Malaysia rejected the request. So the the remains are still in Malaysia. Uh, What was the reason, they say? I don't know. They, Maybe they just said it's their, their, Well, I think there's a criminal investigation. Okay. Maybe they're looking into it. That's good. Um, speculation has run rampant at uh, who's behind the hit. They think it's Kim Jong-un because of his rocky relationship with his brother. Apparently, Zhang Nam was in line to become the next ruler of North Korea, but his star uh, dimmed after his 2001 arrest in Tokyo for possessing a fake passport. Yeah. So at that point, his dad uh, banished him from North Korea. He's been living in exile ever since. And then uh, he um, appointed Kim Jong-un to be the next ruler. There's also, here's some uh, inside info uh, from, I guess, the South Korean side. Uh, uh, the brother was very close to the Chinese because he lived Kim there. Jong-nam? Yeah. And he, he apparently visited with the government quite a bit. He had a lot of business dealings with them. And so he met with some high official uh, in China, which scared the shit out of uh, Jong-il. Especially with Trump now in pres- you know, being president, and then everybody coming down North Korea saying China needs to be the one to inter- to, to uh, stop North Korea from doing tests and, and bringing them into uh, you know a, a more controlled environment. So when, you, when he's hearing this stuff about China, it's going to be the one that controls North Korea. And then he sees his brother talking to high officials. He panicked and said, "You know, my brother's got to go because technically he is next in line." Well, apparently there's been two uh, assassination attempts on the brother. So this is the so third, this is the that third actually that Maybe they're just trying to clean up. Well, according to this article, uh, Zhang Nam has been a vocal opponent of his half brother, yeah. criticizing criticizing he him in the media. Party enough, of course, he doesn't agree with his policy. Yeah, that's the thing. Like Kim Jong Il, didn't he have like the best whiskey and the best scotch? He was a huge uh, Warner, bourbon drinker. Yeah, and he's also loved uh, Warner Brothers. Was a huge Warner Brothers fan. I thought he liked strippers too. Did he? Oh yeah, he had... yeah. But like Kim Jong Un, you never hear about any of this. Uh, well, he's, I mean, he's kind of kept under wraps. No, yeah, he's also he he's Western. He grew up in Western. Where, where, where was it? I mean, he went to Western schools, and then he you know he was not a North true North Korean. So. Well, he's friends with Rodman though. Remember that when Rodman yeah. went over there? So he he might be down. With, I wonder if Rodman was just like, I'll bring some ladies with you because Rodman used to be like he used to throw crazy parties. 
Oh, I'm sure. That yeah. Guy. Well, I don't know what happened to him. You know, it's funny. My brother actually met Rodman back in the day when, because you know how like Rodman used to play for the Pistons yes. like in the nineties and he was just Dennis Rodman. He was the worm. He was normal. And then all of a sudden he went to the bulls and just became tattooed, Rock, dying star, his hair, yeah. like piercings all over his face. He just kind of went crazy. Probably like combination of drugs and too much fucking. <laughs> or Yeah. Or like, you know what? I'm going to stand out because, you know, it's like I got to compete here with Michael Jordan and I got to compete with uh, Scottie Pippen. So I need something. So he started doing that. So anyway, he was dating. Um, what's her name? Carmen Electra. Carmen Electra. And they both went to my went to my brother's bar. My brother's working at a bar called The Manhole. Oh, my, in San Francisco? No, in uh, Chicago. Oh. This is right on Halstead. Okay. Uh, he was working at a bar called The Manhole, which I don't think exists anymore. But they were sitting there drinking there. And uh, Jeff was like, yeah, there's like some black guy with like super hot chick. And he walks over to him, had no idea who he was. Your brother noticed that she was a hot chick? Yeah. Well, he, my brother can recognize a hot girl when he sees it. So he doesn't just, want to fuck the rolled, hot girl. He rolled his eyes. Yeah, just a hot chick. That's another hottie. Who cares? But he like walks over and the guy's just like, and Jeff's like, hey, what do you want? And the guy's like, uh, okay, I'll t-, you know, Robin's like, I'll take this and this. And I think he was expecting it to be comped because of who he is. Yeah. And my brother's like, all right, I'll be like eight bucks. And he goes... I'm in the pool. You, you don't know who I am. And he's just like, I have no idea. Just dude with a hot girl. And he's just like, there's a billboard outside down the street with my face on it. And my brother's like, no idea. Just, it's eight bucks, dude. He's a, <laughs> entitlement is a bitch. Yeah. It's, it's you make really an funny. asshole of yourself. Well, it's funny. Cause like, uh, the other guys in the bar were like, you don't know who that is. It's like, when, when did you guys, when did he leave Michigan? My brother? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, he's, he was in Chicago since like God, nineteen ninety two. Well, not Chicago because he, uh, the Bad Boys with Chuck Daly. That's where. Oh Rodman yeah, yeah. But name. Rodman moved to. I think Rodman was. Well, they won championships. So it was mid nineties, early nineties. No, but if there's anyone that should know him, it's the guy that lived in Detroit and then went to Chicago. Yes. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But my brother just doesn't doesn't care anything about sports so it makes sense i can understand i bet you my brother wouldn't even recognize jordan he doesn't like tall black men with probably large no he said he was like he's a hot black guy okay now my brother would have done him for sure (laughs) (laughs) robin is considered a hot black guy yeah my brother my brother thought he was like my brother would have put it this way my brother would have rather been Dennis Rodman than Carmen Electra. Well, no, I know that, <laughs> which but makes I mean, no like, sense to as most a, people. As a straight male, like if I was most straight males, but I mean, say and, like uh, Denzel Washington, I could say, yeah, he's a good-looking guy. Versus Dennis sure Rodman, he is. I was like I would not think he's a good-looking guy. Oh, when Dennis he was Rodman's a fine-looking gentleman. He, he was interesting-looking, you know. Okay. Well, he's he not was just like the so, average Jocko dork. Yeah, and he was so controversial, and he did all that. But then he all got a lot of rebounds too. That's sexy. Yeah, but now, like, what happened to the guy? You never hear about him anymore. Actually, that North he, Korea yeah, thing documentary. was pretty big. Oh, yeah, I guess that was a couple of years ago he went to North Korea. They made a huge documentary. Got, got a lot of press, yeah. Why, why did Kim he's Jong-un... Why, why Dennis Rodman? Like, he why not basketball. Like, yeah, he's a huge Yeah, but I mean, fan. out of all the basketball players, why Rodman? I think Vice put that together. That was a whole... Like, oh, that, so he wasn't a big fan of like Rodman maybe, in particular. He might have been. Maybe, maybe not, but... It was never specific. I want Dennis yeah. Rodman. I mean, you know he wanted Kobe first. <laughs> yeah, he probably wanted Kobe, Brian. They're just like, Kobe's not going to do it. Yeah. Uh, we got Magic Johnson. No, nah, no, I'm not cool with that. This guy is um, starved for attention. <laughs> we just have to give him a couple of eight balls and fly him out there. How, what would happen if you found out that Dennis Rodman got a, a meeting between Trump and uh, Kim Jong-un. How I would be, be amazed by that, but I could see that happening. I bet you Trump would be cool with Trump, that. Trump and Robin are friends, right? Because he was on Apprentice. <laughs> <laughs> Did he get fired? Uh, I, I guess. I don't know. Too many piercings. 
You're out of here. All right, the third story we got here was sent in from Melissa on uh, Facebook. It's a good one. A German woman accused of chopping boyfriend's head off with a circular saw. A woman is currently on trial in Germany for allegedly murdering her boyfriend with a circular electric saw, cutting his head off, and then hiding the body. 32-year-old teacher named Gabrielle P. is accused of killing her partner when he was tied to a bed and wearing blacked-out swimming goggles as part of a sex game that uh, she says he initiated. Kinky. I would bet Harrison owns a pair of blacked-out swimming <laughs> goggles. He's probably wearing them right now he, in he rehab. He might have dated this woman. I, I wear these to, to sleep. Like comfortable sleep. Have you ever done that? You ever had like a girl like make you wear like weird goggles or something? Have I? No. No. I, I would like to have someone that wanted me. <laughs> that gave you weird goggles? I just, I don't have the experience. Some like uh, furry handcuffs. You ever do the furry handcuff thing? Nope. No? Um, well, well, you know, you could probably pay a little extra. I could probably, yeah. <laughs> Get that. Um, the killing came to light last year. This actually happened in 2008. So it came to light last year. When an acquaintance of the defendant, who was 23 at the time of the alleged murder, went to the police. And officers found the body, which uh, Gabrielle and two of her friends had buried several years earlier in the garden of the Munich home where she and the couple, um, where she and uh, her uh, husband lived. Which is, which is interesting. But I do feel like that's probably one of the safest places to hide a corpse. In your backyard. But Why, why would you say that? Because... I think a lot of people get caught transporting it somewhere far and like going if if you just dug a hole in your backyard and you put the body in there built a deck over it or built like yeah. you know a swimming pool or a hot tub if how are they going to find it yeah if you could put it, like encase it in concrete or something but if you like dig a yeah, hole and bury it that's probably you're going to be under suspicion and that's the first place they're going to look right but yeah and, if I you fall under suspicion yeah if but you're in under concrete suspicion. or something yeah well but yeah, I mean, I mean, who's the, the first person you think is gonna? Well, well police are gonna go there first. It sounds like her first mistake was trusting her friends, right? Because one of them came. Well, to- this is what's weird about this story is I think the Munich police are rather inept because I don't think this would happen here. But um, moving on here, uh, Gabrielle was a trainee teacher at the time. She admits killing the 28 year old literature student uh, who's her boyfriend, not her husband. Uh, her defense pl- lawyers plan to argue it was an unpre- unpremeditated act of desperation. She had actually been driven to despair by Alex, who was several years, years older than her, and he forced her to take part in degrading sex games. So many women have an issue with that, degrading sex games. Yeah, we're in but this is goggles. In, but this is in Germany, so Wait, I can imagine how degrading these touch sex my games monkey. must have been. I feel like cutting someone's head off, you can't get more degrading than separating your head from your body. Well, that, that's what I'm saying. It's like, okay, sure, he probably made you like piss on him yeah. or something it's not and, and it was degrading but then did you have to chop his head off with a circular saw yeah. like that that sounds a bit harsh you know you could have been like alex i'm not down with your sex games i'm leaving you yeah but instead you took a circular saw and chopped the guy's well, head off it, wait, what's this what's another story that sounds like is the uh bobbit not, oh, not, not bobbit john wayne bobbit john wayne oh, it is bobbit yeah yeah, when she cut the dick off? Then his wife cut his dick off. Tied him down and cut his dick off. And threw out so the what, what was he doing with his head? <laughs> At least he still had his head. Maybe he's sticking his I head mean, up he, her he, ass or something. He lost his second head. So the but, question uh, is, like, which, which one would be, I guess, uh, more merciful? So, Well, you know, if he, wasn't, if he didn't see it coming, and I assume you die pretty quickly, yeah. that's a pretty merciful way to take a guy out. 
Yeah, but it's got to be a bit painful. At least Bobby got his dick reattached. And he became a porn star. Did you ever see that, that porn uncut? I had not seen this uncut. Did you ever see that? <laughs> That's a good it's not something that I actually want to... You, now, see, I you, you see his dick? Yeah, and you see like there's like a scar on it. It's like a. Re- I remember uh, when I interviewed Ron Jeremy on this podcast, he was talking about that porn. He was in Uncut with uh, Bobbitt. I think, actually, I think Ron Jeremy like produced it or something. Was that, is that, is that his favorite porn? Is that why he brought it up? Or? No, I think he was just talking about like being, I don't know why we were talking about Bobbitt. God, did that it was look, like the worst interview ever to that guy. <laughs> with uh, Ron Jeremy? Oh my God, it He's was so hard. It, it was just so difficult to get that guy on the phone. Yeah, he was just a very difficult person to uh, to organize an interview with. But when he was actually, when he was on air, was he like funny? Oh no, when he, he was on air, it's like he was just like talking, talking, talking. You could barely get a word in edgewise. Everything was about like, and I did this, and I did this, and I know this person, I know this person. It's just like, okay, dude, settle down. Well, it makes your job easier. You oh could, yeah, no, you I went mean, out it, and smoked the whole podcast, and you came yeah, back. I, and, no, we'll see you next week. He was still talking. <laughs> no, so, the guy was great though. Was he, he was hard good. to get out of the house? You know, it's like you try to get him out of the studio. He's like, but I got so much more. Well, I remember what was funny is that I, I arranged it through like his publicist. I think I think she thought this was like a way bigger deal than it actually is. Don't sell yourself short, dude. Well, oh, anyway, she she gave me his number. I called him. And he was like, who's this? And I was like, well, your publicist gave me the number, blah, blah, I explained it. He's like, oh, okay. Um, yeah, let's do it tomorrow morning. I'm the most alert at about 9 a.m. That's, you know, I'll be the most wow. alert right then. He's like, I'm up, up, ready pro. to do it. Let's just do it. And it was like Friday. I was like, okay, cool. Then I'll call you tomorrow at 9. So I got up at like 8.45, got all my stuff set, ready to call him, call him at 9 o'clock. It's ringing, ringing, ringing. Finally, he answers. He's like, Hello. <laughs> I was just like, uh, hey, uh, Ron, you know, it's a D. Simon here from Second Wrong. He's like, um, who? <laughs> I was just like, it's the, the podcast thing. Remember the thing with the, uh, can you call me back in like six hours? <laughs> so I'm like, all right, whatever. Let's just do this later. That happened three times. Wow. Yeah. Eventually, I, you know, I was going to give up and eventually ended up doing it. And it turned out to be a fine interview. So before you continue on this story. I'm um, done with it. It's, it's, oh, you're done it's with it? Well, the, the thi- no. We're not talking <laughs> no, about this Ron Jeremy. You're talking about the woman, the, this mm. current German woman. Oh, I thought you meant Ron Jeremy. Sorry, no. Okay. Uh, as much as I love Ron Jeremy. Uh the the key thing right now I'm waiting for is what happened to the head because you said she she cut yes. off the head hid the body but then that was last mentioned you said head. disposed of the body what happened in the head but they then? found the body later so then what happened to the head Ron Jeremy ended up fucking the head <laughs> <laughs> no but no what happened here um, well, let me get to the point here okay. of when it occurred she claims in court that that Alex the, uh, the the guy who was murdered was two different people the one I fell in love with was cultured and funny. But another Alex bullied her into sex acts she was not comfortable with. That's what she claimed. Um, she even kept a diary in which she kept a record of, of these sex practices. Um, on the night of the killing, Alex blindfolded himself with a pair of swimming goggles that were blacked out with masking tape. And he told Gabrielle P. to tie him to the bed. Once he was secured to the bed, she ended up taking a running circular saw and just ripping through his chest. <laughs> Um, yeah, and so he, that, that's how he died. The defense claims that the saw was in the room because the couple were making renovations. It's not like she premeditated, you know, that wasn't a premeditated act. Right. Um, she, rec- she covered her dead boyfriend's remains with a sheet after the killing and did not return to the room, leaving the body undisturbed for six months. Oh, my God. Yeah, so the head wasn't chopped off yet. Like, she, she just circular saw, cut him open, killed him, and just left him in the house for six months. It was not until she brought a, a new lover... Christian to the house that the body was discovered 
Instead of alerting authorities, and this is what blows my mind, Christian helped her bury the dismembered corpse in the garden of the house. So I think they cut off the head, they cut up the, the body parts, and they buried him in the back of the garden. But what's weird to me is like, so you're dating a new girl. She's got a house. She's like, you know, don't go up in that room. Like, just never go in that room. Of course you're going to go in the room. I mean, everyone brings baggage to a relationship, but this is taking that to an extreme. Yeah, this is a lot of baggage. I got to tell you, I have kids. I have herpes. And also there's a dead guy there. <laughs> just don't go in the room. And uh, I'll tell you when I'm having a breakout. But yeah, like, would you want to go in the room? I, I would be obsessed with checking out the room. Well, the smell must have been terrible. So you must have been wondering what's going on with this apartment. Yeah, I wonder if she did. I mean, she must have done something to... I mean, you pour a lot of salt on it. I don't or, or, Yeah, or lime or whatever. I don't, know, I don't know what you use. But anyway, like, once I went in the room, at that point, I'd have been like, what the fuck? Oh my God, this is crazy. I'm calling the cops. I wouldn't have been like... I love I'll you. I'll help, help you. you. I love you. I will help you bury the corpse. I mean, that is that is some serious love. Yeah, no, that's true love. Like, it depends how we look at this story. It could be like a beautiful love story or it could be... <laughs> I actually think this is a beautiful love story. This uh, is like we, a German... This sounds like this should be like a Herzog movie. Like uh, a beautiful Herzog. love story. I could see that. Um, he, he uh, Christian here, has been sentenced to two years and eight months in jail for hiding the body. This is in a separate trial. During his trial, he said he helped hide the body out of love for Gabrielle. Okay. She must have been hot. She had to have been hot, because why would you have helped hide a six-month-old, you know, mummified body um, for a girl? She had a great mind. <laughs> <laughs> she had no teeth. I don't know. I don't know. Love would be like the opposite of my initial reaction. I don't know. Yeah, I would have been kind of freaked out. Anyway, Alex, Alex is the, the, the victim here. Is his adoptive parents raised the alarm after his disappearance, but Gabrielle said that he had moved to Romania with a new girlfriend and wanted to break off contact. Um, the mother actually spent years looking for him. So maybe that happens in Germany. I don't know. It's like how, you just how, run wait, to how Romania. many years ago did this happen? 2008. Wow, that's a long time for it this It just girl. came to light last year, so eight years he'd been in the garden. Wow. And she and Christian had lived together for eight years and, in the house with the di dismembered boyfriend. And Christian the was one who came forward. No, uh, one of, uh, what do they say here? One of her friends discovered it, actually. She yeah, was... one of her friends uh, discovered, they must have said something to a friend. Yeah, that's weird. They don't actually go in here into detail about it. They say an acquaintance of the defendant went to the police. So he wasn't okay. So, he so wasn't, maybe Christian actually said something to somebody, and then they went and told police. Gotcha. And he do was, you think they're going to break up? Or do you think, <laughs> like, there's. I don't know. I mean, long term discretion is very you know? important in a relationship. You know. <laughs> yeah, you know, I think they could do this, work it out long term. She, I mean, she's hiding her face in every single picture, but yeah, I wouldn't. She's got to be hot. She's got to look like Melania or something. <laughs> Then you'd be willing to stay is in that, this relationship. Is that your, your benchmark of hotness? Do, would you Would you be into that? If you got a chance, like if any of the first ladies, let's you know say what? just some twisted, bizarre reality, you were like, you can get a blowjob from a first lady. Well, would it be Eleanor Roosevelt or would it be Hillary? Eleanor before someone that had sex with Trump. Ooh, that would be point. such a boner that's, killer. That's right. It's like, my mouth has been... How many times did you say the his? What? No, this can't happen. Yeah, I guess maybe, but I don't know. Every, I would be thinking about that. Every time she's in the Oval Office when they have a, a, like a prime minister or somebody visiting, the prime minister or the president of whatever country is visiting is always like staring at her, checking her out. 
I, I could see that. Yeah, I, I don't know, man. I mean, personally, I don't like Trump, but I would take his sloppy seconds any day. That guy is bone women hotter than any woman I would ever have sex with. Is that that's that's all that's important to you? How hot they are? Well, no, of course, obviously. I'm, not, I'm in a relationship with him, but I'm just saying if it's purely physical, I'm sure oh, that guy's now like, you're saying your girlfriend isn't hot? Oh, I got you in real trouble. <laughs> On that note, we're moving on to phone calls. Uh, people, <laughs> send your story to Sick and Wrong Podcast at hotmail.com. Also, uh, you can call the Sick and Wrong Show uh, at our drunk dial line, 323-522-4032. we got some good calls this week. We're going to be hearing from Harrison in rehab. Coming up next. First, here's another word from Adam and Eve. Hey, Sick and Wrong listeners. This is Trucker Paul. I gotta tell you about this wonderful porno place where you can buy jack-off machines, dildos, inflatable wives. I bought them all. When I go home, I like to diddle my wife with a, a little dildo. When I'm on the road, I got my second wife, my blow-up doll, and my jack-off sleeve. Go to adamandeve.com. Type in the word fiddle, D-I-D-D-L-E, and you'll get 50% off all your masturbation machines. How do y'all flick my balls? I put a spell on you. So we got a few phone calls to get to. 323-522-4032 is that number. So as I said before, I was just trying to build up suspense for this call, but Harrison gave us a call. You know, I texted you this week rehab. about this. Did about get, Harrison calling? No, I just because I wanted to tell you, hey, before you, you, you got hold of me, did I text you or I, I meant to? I just I'm not want, sure. Every once in a while, you know, you get texts from me, just uh, we haven't it's seen each other in a while. Yeah, yeah. And almost always I, I go, oh, I'm thinking about you because I've been listening to the podcast where... So I was like, I'm going to, hey, I haven't checked in with Dave recently. So I te- didn't I not do this? I was going to text you. Maybe you did. Maybe. I just texted you and said, uh, any news from Harrison? Uh, that's what it was. Yeah. I think yeah. you asked me. You were like, that's you my a- way of staying in touch with you, even though <laughs> you live like 5,000 miles away, which is Hollywood from downtown. Hollywood from downtown. Yeah. It's you might as well live on the moon or whatever, right? <laughs> but, but anyway, you did ask about that. And that's how I was like, well, you should be on the show this week. That's how this started? Yeah, yeah, that's how it all started. I thought it was just that you knew that I could get a couple of other cooler people on. Well, you could do that, too. Like, like Thursday's guest. Wow. Um, yeah, next week. Anyway, uh, so Harrison called us from rehab. Let's see what's going on. D and Harrison, you fucks. I ate your podcast. I ate it. No, I'm just kidding, guys. It's me. It's a pretty good Harrison, Scottish accent. calling you from rehab. Um, I am thoroughly enjoying my unfettered hypomania which I'm told is an acceptable level of mania. So that's uh, good stuff. Um, just wanted to call in and uh, tell you a story. Uh, back when I was bad Santa in Pasadena last year, you, m- you might remember that. Do you guys remember on the show yes. he was talking about? You talked yeah. about that recently, right? He, he was bad Santa for like a week. He did it for a week. And I thought he was like in a mall. He wasn't in a mall. He was in a street corner in Pasadena working with some just random photographer. I thought he did it for one day. 
No, I think I think he like went there two days or something, but it was less than a week and I, he was done. I thought he left and didn't even get paid because he just didn't want to do it get paid. No, I think that? he got paid, oh, right. but maybe he only did like one full day of work. But I think officially he had the Santa suit for a week. Can I ask you a question about this? This should yeah. warm your heart about how things are going with Sick and Wrong, you know, deep into like 500s <laughs> episodes. It's going to have to be really good to warm my heart. No. Because well, would Wackerly, if he went to rehab... You know, that wouldn't happen. But if he did, would, would he call in? He Hell no. He didn't even want to do the show, like, to do the episode. <laughs> this guy right here is showing his fucking dedication by calling in. That's a, that's a really good point. That's you a good point. You, him, you like Harrison, though. I don't know him personally. But, I, but, but you don't mind him on the you show. Know, it took a while yeah. for me to accept him. You know? To get into it. And, and that's coming from somebody who's listened to the show for a few years. So it's like, many, you've, listened many, to Wack- yeah, you've listened to Wackerly, you've listened to Harrison. Yeah. But that, that's the thing. I think Harrison kind of grew on people. And he cares about the show because he just did a pretty much exact accent of everyone that calls into the show. <laughs> uh, there was one thing I left out, and then there was uh, kind of a minor epilogue to that story. Um, so, uh, you know, I was, before I'd be Santa, I would basically shoot a ton of speed, and then I was <laughs> vibrating like the flash, phasing in and out of reality. So I'd be like, okay. I'm going to shoot a bunch of smack, kind of even things out. But yeah, that's the thing with Harrison. And this this is why a lot of people are like, why does he have to go to rehab? He can't handle his drugs. Harrison doesn't just smoke, smoke drugs or do a couple of bumps. Harrison boots that shit. Like he cooks meth up, he cooks heroin up, and he shoots it. He'll even mix the two together and shoot that. I think you need to go to rehab if you're doing that on a regular basis. Not necessarily. It's, it's, does he do it all the time? Yeah, that's why he had yeah. to go to rehab. You could just be a real badass and say, when I do things, I do things well. I'm not going to... I don't know, man. It's like, I know a lot of people have shot drugs before. It's not a good scene. No, it's not. Actually, as a rehab graduate, uh, I know the irony there. I'll explain later. But uh, uh, a funny shirt I received as a gift when I got out was basically said, rehab is for quitters. Oh, yeah. yeah. But I mean, yeah, you're right. Like Most of the guys there who were not there to regulate their consumption were just were there to quit were the ones who were definitely mainlining so yeah no I mean it's it's crazy when you're getting into that level well it's a great rationalization though you'd be like a full on uh, heroin addict and it's like but I only sniff yeah you sniff like <laughs> 10 bags a day every day of your <laughs> that's life. the thing yeah I mean it's, they're both like it's an addictive drug yes. you're abusing an addictive drug you should probably go get help for it just to be like a normal human and uh and that, that worked out great, you know, for two days, as you know. You might remember the Latino maintenance man who requested a ladyboy for Christmas. Um, and I, you, I regretted that I wasn't able to help him fulfill that wish. Well, I didn't tell you, but I actually I went back that. there to find the guy. And I gave him his Christmas wish. Because, you know, I'm, as a pansexual scumbag, I know a lot of uh, transgender women. And uh, they were able to hook it up for him. So I did that, right? However, wow. I later found out that from that experience, he also got the clap. <laughs> so I tried to make someone's Christmas. I ruined a lot of Christmas dreams, a bunch of children. Oh. And I made one came true, and then I ruined it for that maintenance fan. And I regret nothing. Uh, keep sick, keep wrong. Oh, you had to say that. Keep what Thank you. See, he's a, wow. he's a real guy. He, Harrison. Um, he yeah. ended it correctly as a caller. 
No, he he did a pretty. He sounds exactly like most of her callers. Is is he part of the tribe? A part of the sick and wrong tribe? No, no the tribe. Jew tribe. Boy oh, the Jew? No, he's yeah, half, I mean, he's Jewish. What the fuck is he doing to him being Santa? That's he's a half Jew. Uh, you know, he's he doesn't. He's kind of like I don't know if he's like in between atheist to I don't give a shit. But he's no, also I mean, like you know culturally, you're a cultural Jew. Would you be Santa ever? I would like to think I would never have to get to that point where I have to make money being a Santa. But uh, who knows? You never know. But he did it for like a photo shoot, you said, right? No, no. He, no, was, he was doing it for money. Well, like he needed money. Like he, he sat in a chair and people sat in his lap. Kids yeah. sat in his lap. Oh, wow. Yeah, like, no, no. He got hired to be... I don't know why they would ever hire that guy to be a Santa either. It's like, hey, we need a junkie that's not even fat, that doesn't have a beard. But hey, you could be Santa. He's a people person, you know? He's a this big down, guy. This was downtown? No, in Pasadena. Pas- but what was funny about it, there was a uh, maintenance guy that used to come by and like, Harrison's such a friendly dude and he was like talking to the guy and the guy's like, yeah, you know, my fantasy is to have a lady boy. And so Harrison's like, uh, okay, um, well, we'll see. This has gotten very, you know, very intimate conversation all of a sudden. I don't even know you. But it, it doesn't surprise me that he actually went out and He's like fucking Mr. Rourke from Fantasy Island. <laughs> Went out and fulfilled this guy's fan. Little did he know that he'd get the clap. But that's How was not. He but that, that was Why does he feel guilty about that though? The fantasy was fulfilled. That just happened to be a collateral damage. Right? Well, so. it kind of sucks. He got a. How do you think he found out that the guy got the clap? Do you think the guy called him up? He's like, "You fucker, <laughs> you puta! It burns when I piss, man." <laughs> The blame, the clap, yeah, I the clap he, us. But still, though, that just shows you how good of a guy Harrison is. You know, uh, he said he might be back like towards towards uh, middle of March or something like that. But I know he's got limited phone privileges, so he can't just like. I, he brought his mic. He was ready to record from rehab. Oh, I don't think they want him to record an episode of Sick and Wrong from Rehab. Yeah, it seems like they would take his phone because yeah. he could make the call. So they did. Speak. Yeah, they, they took his phone away. But he, I so guess he, he didn't call his mommy. He called <laughs> Sick and Wrong. No, he, I got to get off the phone quick because I also got to call mommy. He gets limited time. He said he's like, he gets like supervised limited time to wow. be on the phone well, and on the internet. This is, yeah. that's really strict. Well, he's, uh, you know, it's like a pretty, he is paying rehab, a lot of money yeah, probably. Paying a lot of money. Um, I asked him if uh, there were any hot girls in rehab, and he's like, you know what? He's like, at AA and NA meetings in LA, you would fucking blow your mind how hot the girls are there. So it makes sense, don't you think? Like, yes, you, have yes. to, you know, I, I bet you a lot of these girls get DUIs, you know, they get busted, and they got to go to NA and AA meetings. There's probably going to meet a ton of hotties in the city. Right. But you guys yeah. were talking about on some other episode, because uh, this is not his first time in rehab, right? Actually, it is. Harrison's never been to rehab. I, 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 I thought you guys were talking about how it's frowned upon the old sex in the rehab thing. No, we're we're talking about that because uh, he's known people has gone to rehab, but he's never actually went to rehab yeah. for a thirty day program. Maybe but, he's gone for like a week or something. But he never has done like a full program. Yeah, I, you know, it's weird if you're really serious about you know going through it, and I, hopefully he is and stuff. But if there was just like the pull. Like just a really sexy girl and you're like oh gosh I'm really serious about this but also would sure like to sque- <laughs> squeeze that person over there well they, uh, it, 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 NA and uh, AA meetings the reason why it's frowned upon is because everybody's technically vulnerable right right and so you're supposed to you're supposed to be vulnerable to each other and if you take advantage of that it's like breaking the trust well so. I've heard like my friend Kessler was in and out of rehab many times but he was saying that a lot of people are in there not only for drug addiction but also for sex addiction yeah. so it's like oh. you started having sex with a girl and it's the next thing you know they're like 
you're you know you're not being treated you're not treating you're enabling <laughs> yeah you're enabling it's, it's like the next thing it's like you're whatever you're treating for drugs or alcohol then it's sex you, you switch yeah. it for sex and then you switch it for food you become a fat guy and, like <laughs> and then you die and you're like well we tried you know they always say though when you go to rehab you meet the best drug contacts like you're gonna get like the oh, best yeah. you're gonna get if the you're best a, hookups. a predatorial drug dealer where you know yeah, you're always out on the lookout for clients or it's like you know you meet someone like well actually my dealer like lived over here and blah 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 here's a hookup so should I look at that number yeah <laughs> might end up working out for uh, me in the end when Harrison gets out but we'll see <laughs> anyway I hope I hope the guy's doing well we're gonna probably hear from him uh, soon enough uh, second call is uh, from Big Papa Smurf Big Papa Smurf big fan of that guy he calls in on a he calls in every now and then Anyway, call them with a good story. Yo, sick and wrong is motherfucking Big Papa Smurf again. I completely forgot my last call. It was it was I was supposed to segue into this whole story about this one dude I knew when I was living out on the streets in San Antonio, Texas. Man, completely fucking homeless, living under a fucking bridge. There was this big bad motherfucker. Man, he was like some fucking crazy ass gang banging fucking drug dealing bastard. I can't remember. He called himself the king. And, uh, he would always roll around on his fucking stupid bicycle trying to fucking. What, what was the guy's name in Friday that wrote the big Debo. black dude? Debo. Yeah, Debo. I almost named Hecubus Debo, actually. <laughs> It's funny that I forgot the name right now. But yeah, remember Debo would ride around yeah. his bicycle and was like, hide your chain, hide your chain. I wonder if that's up. a similar thing here. It's funny to me, yeah. Big Papa Smurf was homeless for a while, lived under the bridge. Yeah. Is, this is not the same guy that had that, the, the beef with the, the other guy from up north. Oh, wait, wait. Uh, I think you're two different guys. Nigga face? Nigga face. No, no, no. Nigga face and uh, Flint nigga are two different, completely oh, different Oh, that's right. Dudes. Michigan, that's right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. No, this think, guy's from like Texas, I think. Okay. Do you think any of these guys are just like nerdy white guys like practicing their affectation? Well, I think Big Papa Africa? Smurf is the real deal. Like this yeah. guy, I think yeah. he's the real deal. He's in like a metal band too. Um, but yeah, this guy's a real deal. I think should the other- pl- Should we plug his band? What's his band? You know, I, I don't know. Um, he emailed me. I gotta I gotta do that next next week. I'll play uh, I'll play one of his songs. Um, but Face and the other guy from from Flint, from <laughs> is it Michigan, hard for you to say that? Face? It's, it's hard for me to hear you say that. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm not saying you know I'm not, I'm saying it because that's his his nickname or he's, whatever. He's still on the A N. But uh, in Flint, nigga, I, I don't know about those guys. <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking Face is probably like a Jewish guy from like <laughs> no, you know I, Denver. That's I like have, oh. yeah. While I was listening to that guy talk just now, I had this fantasy of a 12 year old that is very talented and is going to go far as an actor. Just say, I'm just cutting my teeth right here, calling in podcasts. I was really bummed. I was really bummed that Harrison actually didn't take him up on his offer and go out there. And Harrison's like, "You want to go with?" I'm like, "No, (laughs) why would I want to go there?" But I did want to find Harrison. Like I was like, "I'll equip you. I'll equip you with a fucking GoPro. Go out there and (laughs) document this shit because this is like some. This is YouTube material." Strong arm everybody and intimidate every fucking body, and he was just like, this guy's just fucking, like you know, one be Tony Montana ass motherfucker, man. Well, one day we were going up under the bridge where we fucking where we uh where we would sleep and shit, and it, and we totally found this motherfucker, man, just making this fucking 
uh, transvestite I knew named Alex, he was making him suck this fucking dick at gum at fucking knife point, man. And we go, what the fuck are you doing? And the motherfucker just, he fucking scrambles and he fucking waves the knife around and puts, zips his fucking zipper back up talking about you. You motherfuckers better not talk about what the fuck you saw and shit. And it's like too Don't late, nigga. Podcast. You saw it from that point forward. Every time we, every time that motherfucker would roll by on his bike, Playing this fucking jib, we'd all put, we'd all do the fucking dick sucking motion, you know, with the tongue and cheek shit. Yeah, yeah, fuck that dude, man. Yeah, I've, there was the that gay prostitute you had on the, uh, you left that one day. Uh, fucking reminded me of that story, and I meant to tell you earlier, but I was too fucked up at the time to remember. Wait, anyway, keep it sick, keep it wrong, motherfuckers. I'm not. This bitch, Big Papa Smurf. <laughs> you had a gay prostitute on? Yeah, it was a couple weeks ago after the uh, the the mar or the women's march. Yeah, we we ended up having this like gay prostitute who used to advertise on Backpage.com. His yeah. name is Patrick, and uh, apparently Backpage uh, was taken offline, and uh, they got sued in court, and so the court injunction had stopped Backpage. And so we were talking to him about advertising on Backpage. The guy was like way over the top, like very effeminate, gay, very sassy. That dude. Oh. He had some good stories. Did you hear that one? Did you listen to that episode? No. It was a couple weeks ago. But anyway, I can understand why Big Papa Smurf would be like, "Yeah, I used to know a dude that got a, his dick sucked by by a trans a transvestite prostitute." Because that dude sounded like a like what you'd think a transvestite prostitute would sound like. Um, oh, your guess before, yeah, not, guess, not yeah. Big Papa Smurf. No, no, not that. Open <laughs> <laughs> Big Papa. Yeah, could you imagine if a transvestite sound like a transvestite prostitute sound like Big Papa Smurf? It's like you're not you, you're not working this. You you didn't think this out properly. Job. You're not doing a good job. I mean, there's all kinds of people. Yeah, I guess. There there are, is, yeah. Like, you know, you meet like a one gay guy and he's very twinky or queeny or whatever, and you meet another gay guy and he's like reminds you of your dad. You know. <laughs> anyway, that's a good story though. The Big Papa Smurf. I wonder how long he was homeless for. How old do you think he is? Big Papa Smurf? I bet he's in his 20s. Yeah, he's young. Oh, that young? Yeah, yeah. he's in like a metal man that's kind of I a... mean, if you're homeless for like two years when you're 21, you're like couch surfing, basically. It's, yeah, but you're, this guy sounds like he's, he's living under a bridge, yeah. you know? For for a couple of weeks, maybe, yeah. You know, I, I, yeah, I don't know. The key, it could be called a bender. <laughs> the, key, the key word that he used that, that showed his age, in my opinion, was when he said the dick sucking emoji. That's true, oh, yes. Anybody who would be, yeah. I think, over he's probably, 30s. Yeah, he's probably a millennial. Like, You're right. Yeah. It this, is kind of funny, though. Like, But in prison, I've heard it's actually quite common for like uh, you know, dudes to like, shack up with a tran like a transgendered mm -hmm. woman in prison. The and, closest and thing. And it's fine. Yeah, it's the closest thing. Yeah. Like uh, This dude who's a, he's been a friend of mine for a while, he was in San Quentin, and his roommate was a trans transgendered prostitute. And uh, he said every dude, she was like a Hispanic woman and or man, woman or whatever, a Hispanic transgender prostitute. And she looked a lot like women, like fake breasts and just looked like a lot like a woman. She wouldn't shower because she couldn't shower wherever all the other dudes are showered. You know, would shower in like the regular you know, she, prison shower. She would never shower. She would never shower. She was like a uh, like no, what, sink shower woman. Yeah, what they'd have to do is, and he would like help her like hang up a blanket or like or sheets and block it off and she would just shower in the sink in their cell. And did they have a relationship of any kind? No, I mean, he was just like, he was actually quite annoyed because when he first was in there, he had a roommate and his cellmate ended up getting 
I think, released or getting transferred. So then he just had no cellmate for months while he lived in San Quentin. And then all of a sudden, one day, he heard, like, all the all the prisoners are, like, freaking out, screaming. And he looks out, and he's like, sees this transgendered prostitute that was, like, super hot, wearing, like, fucking short shorts and walking in there. And he was like, God, I hope she's not my new roommate. <laughs> sure enough, she's his new roommate. And so, like, dudes were stopping by, dropping off, like, commissary gifts and all that. Turns out... The biggest badass gangbanger Mexican dude ends up like becoming her Winning. boyfriend. Yeah, and so then they start dating. And uh, my friend that that was that was living there with her, whenever that dude would come out, the dude would be like, "Go!" And so he'd have to leave the cell. And then they would put a blanket or like a sheet over his bottom bunk where he slept and just fuck for like an hour or two. And then he, but you know what though, he got full protection. Oh, just by being yeah. associated? Yeah. Just by being associated, yeah. Well, he won the lottery. He I mean, did. this is scary talk right here. Like, I, Oh, dude, it's creepy. I mean, it's like it's San Quentin. Yeah. Like, you can't get more humans, harder than that. You humans know? are so weird. And sexuality is yeah. and everything. And it's we're, ha- we're having a little fun talking about this, but this is scary <laughs> shit. Well, I, you know, I don't think I, any of us would ever uh, end up in San Quentin. I guess the thing is that frightens me is I don't think there's that many Jewish gangs for me to run with. <laughs> but you know you what? Know? People always cap on our people for being wimpy and stuff. And yeah, there's a lot of Woody Allen people, but like some of the baddest ass people on the planet are like Israelis and stuff. You know, it's like... Just oh, yeah, yeah, Krav Maga. Dude, like, I mean, you know, Eric we... Bana, like he kicks some ass in that movie or whatever, you yeah, know? That guy's not Jew. Well, he played one. <laughs> he plays one on TV. Oh, they couldn't find a Jew in the entire planet that acted and could kick ass, so they had to get a coy bastard. Exactly. It's like, yeah, I mean, there are some badass Jews. What about the Hebrew yeah, Hammer? The Hebrew and Hammer, yeah. Badass. And women in Israel. I mean, Jesus. They go to the army, and then God knows I'd what like they're the doing. like the age of 18, yeah. Yeah. They're scary hot. to me. They're hot, too. I'm a grown man, and I'm scared of them. <laughs> All right, we have one more call here. I actually, Sergi's been to Japan a few times, so you might be able to weigh in on this. Oh, this is great. Yeah. I love Japan. Hey, guys. I've called a few times. Uh, you play me every once in a while, which is pretty cool. Uh, my name's Adam. I live in Japan. And I don't have a cool name, so maybe call me Gaijin Hanzai. You can say it, Gaijin Hanzai. It's a lot to that remember. That means foreign criminal, or foreign crime, I should say, because I'm a notorious vandal. But uh, getting to the point, wow, inaccuracy about Japan. Holy fuck. Opium-infused alcohol? No, it doesn't exist. You would... This is from last week's show. I don't know if you guys listened to last week's show, but I had my buddy uh, Casey and this guy Tyler on, and some dude called up and told this anecdote about how he had read that there are strip clubs in Japan where like people have live sex shows, and they'll bring people up from the audience to have sex with the girls on stage. And uh, Casey was like, I've never heard of that, but I used to hang out at this bar that they had opium drinks, and like there were tons of Japanese girls that wanted to have sex with us. And I've never been to Japan, so I don't know if I could corroborate his story, but apparently this guy's calling him out about it. He's drunk. What's your friend's name? Chaswick? Casey. Chaddley or something? I don't know. Casper. He was cool, but he hung out in Rapungi, which is just the worst foreigner shithole ever. Rapungi. And the idea of two girls fighting him over there is pretty laughable. I mean, maybe, maybe if he's handsome, but it sounds like he fucks like absolute gutter pigs so I don't believe it but if you don't have game back home don't come to Japan thinking you're gonna all set be a fucking king because it's not gonna happen if you suck there you suck here period and 
uh, yeah, I don't believe that there's, you know, opium-infused alcohol, as delicious as that sounds. Eh, drugs are pretty fucking illegal here, although we still do them. Nice, nice, wink, wink. And if you guys have any questions about Japan, uh, I'm really, really happy to be your sort of man on the scene. Any question at all, so I'll make this a two-parter. Ask me a question, because I listen every fucking week. Don't ask me why. And actually, D, stop with the self-deprecating shit. Your podcast fucking rules. This is the best podcast. You know, I mean, you guys are fucking absolute dickheads, but it's such a great idea making fun of the sickest shit that's going on. I better keep this under three minutes, so let's just be it. Stop fucking whinging. You've got a good podcast, and you got fans who love you, man. Just keep it going, and uh, yeah, keep it sick, keep it wrong. Peace out from Japan. Oi! I feel so warm and fuzzy so, now. I feel so good. Uh, he, he's, he's right. <laughs> no, we do have devoted fans. I appreciate yeah, that. That's nice. Self-deprecation is healthy, but... Um, All Jews right. are self-deprecating. Right. That's how we are. So I wonder if he's a military guy based in Japan or if he's a Japanese-American who's visiting Japan. Well, no, he lives there, this guy. So he's, but I wonder if he's a Japanese-American guy who went there oh, who or went if he's there, just some he... random you know, white guy who decided I'm going to Japan. So I mean, you, there's a lot of Americans like teaching English. You know, I don't know what to do with my yeah, life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, there's a couple. People go there for business. I know a couple dudes in Japan. That's why I want to go to Japan so bad. So I, can check. I know two people that live there. And that this guy now might I mean, be cool to hang out with people. It's cheap to get there, you know. Like especially if you go like in April. Like I've gone round trip for three fifty. Shut up! Really? Tour. Is yeah. that cheap? Yeah, I don't know about this April. Like no, but I looked it up actually. I was looking at flights in April, and May, and it was like under five hundred. Yeah, but once you get there, it's really expensive. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's expensive. Yeah. How much is like a hotel room? Well, I, I've only gone on tour, so I don't pay for you any stay of that at people's shit. homes yeah. or something. Yeah. No. What? Don't you get put up? I mean, I thought you know tons of people. Don't you no. usually get put up at people's houses? No. I've never stayed at anyone's house in Japan. You go on tour. Yeah, I mean, oh. stay in hotels. Oh, okay. And you yeah. get your hotels arranged, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Fucking rock stars. Dude. No, it's not. So it's, jealous. Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> but wait, wait when, did, when did you last go there? You know, uh, I was in a band uh, with my friend Garrett, who just this week stayed at my house on the way home to New York. Uh, from his layover from Japan. Um, and we were talking, yeah, the last time we went, when we had a band together, it was uh, in 2007. Uh, and, but he told me this crazy story, which, you know, I don't know if I can really tell this story. Cause Wait, you know, is it too, is it too like scandalous for the podcast? No, we I got to hear it now. No, it's not too scandalous for that, but it, it doesn't actually make him bad. So if I got caution when he, he, had friend slash fan who lives there now. And he's an American dude that has some, actually he lives in China, I think, but he was in Japan for a business trip when he's, that's what it was. It's uh, He lives in China, he had some great yuppie job, I don't know what it is, he has a crazy expense account. He saw that Garrett was playing in Tokyo, he said, guess what? I'm coming to Tokyo, I'm gonna plan some business trips. That's cool. And so he got like five-star hotel penthouse and he put up Garrett and, uh, a couple of his touring mates from America uh, put him up in uh, in the same hotel. But he told this story about uh, he made a business uh, meeting with some Japanese businessmen, and they, uh, those guys took him to a club. And you hear about all sorts of stereotypes, or uh, not stereotypes, all sorts of rumors, like 
they sell young girls underwear at vending machines and all yeah, sorts yeah, of yeah, things. Yeah, all that stuff. I'm sure all of that's bullshit or whatever. But you hear about uh, the clubs where you go and there's sort of like uh, a hole under the table and you go there and uh, and underneath it there's young girls and you... Under the... T- in the un- hole? Under... No, I'm talking about a, like a urban legend. Oh, okay. And under right, there right. is a girl, and she blows you while you're just drinking your beer or whatever. Right? Wow, you've heard about that. That right? sounds convenient. No, yeah. I haven't heard about that, but that does sound convenient. Shit like that. Anyway, uh, Garrett's friend <laughs> told me that he went on uh, with these. I don't know what they did, what what line of work they did, but they took him to some kind of uh, yuppie uh, club in Rapungi, like. Uh, in, in Tokyo and they went there and they go they had like limited kind of like speech with each other in English and they said uh, okay so uh, you go to the bar order whatever you want we put a car down whatever uh, the three of us are going to go over there uh, to the other side of the bar we'll be back in like 15 minutes so he said he, his friend was sitting there and he was drinking his drink he looked over and he saw all these guys in these re- recliners right and they're just like sitting there, uh, just looking really relaxed. And then he's like, it's dark, and he's looking over there. And all of a sudden, he, he realizes, oh shit, they're sitting in these recliners. And then there's three other uh, young ladies uh, performing <laughs> a little sex act on them. While they're like, <laughs> so they're getting blowjobs in, in recliners. I was trying to be a little. All right, well, whatever. Yeah. I'm just trying to get. I'm trying to get a mental you're, vision. You're, here. Yeah, you're correct. Eddie said. <laughs> The thing that impressed him the most, because these are three guys that partake in this activity, obviously quite often, and they're very blasé about what's going on, unlike sexually repressed anywhere else in the world, people. Exactly. Uh, one guy was on his cell phone, and he looked. Uh, uh, the look on his face is completely boring, <laughs> while he's like, whatever, checking the. the he's the totally pa- indifferent to a girl scores, sucking his dick. Yeah. yeah. And then they were they all done. They came back and they talked business and whatever. Uh, but the thing that uh, he said that uh, impressed me the most, and I saw this actually, uh, uh, when I was in Japan, was I go what what is your friend married or whatever? He is, but he's also like probably would partake of that if he could. But uh, that was a service at this bar that was only available. To Japanese people, so if you're a foreigner, oh, so if you're foreign, that you won't even happen. Get it? Which uh, forget all about the shit about prostitution or or, or weird social things that are going on. It's like Japan is a place where you could be openly racist towards uh, in in, the, yeah, towards in, in this industry. It's like, oh, sorry, round eye, but fuck you. You <laughs> are not getting your duck, dick sucked tonight unless you can manage it out of your own. <laughs> well, I mean, I've heard that they're very classist. Like, yes. They have like uh, very, but, all but the Asians are like that. But they're very prejudiced as Chinese. They're very prejudiced as Koreans. Well, no, that I mean, you're crossing into like history. Like, well, yeah, but I'm just saying, like, like historically, the Japanese people they've been, have been pretty isolated that. because they've yeah. been so dominant throughout history. You know, so. Actually, that's a good question for this guy. I want to know if he's experienced any kind of. I guess racism or cla- like nationalism as an American in Japan. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. Totally. But I just want to know. Like, I want to hear some experiences. Like, what he, what he, what he's experienced. When I went to Japan in the '90s, I uh, I guess hooked up with a Swedish girl that was a model there, and she said that when you ride the subway in Tokyo 
and you just stand there. It's really it gets I took the subway. It's really crowded, and you're standing there uh, as a, like a hot chick. If a Japanese businessman comes up to you, uh, I'm not saying every Japanese businessman is going to do this or many yeah, going to do that. Would. But some of them would come up and just like look at you, grab your ass, or like pinch you <laughs> or whatever, smile, and then you know walk away or whatever. And that she uh, had that happen, and as a Swedish woman, it's like get that. She was also tall. She was like, "Get out of here, you fucking worm!" And the guy uh, just yelled at her, like, "You!" Uh, what? Well, it was in Japanese. It just she, went off. She didn't her. know it. So just started yelling at him and went out like indignant, like, "Don't you know how it is? Mm-hmm. Like, you're supposed to do that." And also observed guys going and just doing shitty shit like that, uh, uninitiated by. By by a young girl. Wait, to a to an, a white girl to like a no, non-Japanese said, girl. She, she said she's seen it. This oh, is not. Okay. I'm sure this is not every day. It happens every day. But it happens. Her, but she's seen it. What happens to a young Japanese girl? And the Japanese girl like submissively goes, <laughs> not enjoying it, but just like, oh, I'm playing a role of like, hey, this is it is. Like, please just stop. dealing oh, with it. Dealing yeah. with it. It's a masculine, it's definitely a, a, a male dominated society. Anyway, people call Sick Around Hotline 323 522 4032. We got to wrap this up. Um, iTunes, best way to listen to the show. Just subscribe, rate, comment, do a search for Sick and Wrong. We appreciate it. It's a lot easier than actually going and buying a t-shirt or doing anything like that. But you can buy a t-shirt if you want. Let's go to uh, sickandwrongpodcast.com slash store. And there's a link right there to our Cafe Pro store. You can go buy whatever your heart desires. Uh, finally, here's Sick Wrong Song of the Week. Uh, I'm going to end the show with a Sam I Am song. I like your band. Let me let me. And just, you didn't want to. You Sergio yeah. was like, "No, I don't want to play." I was like, "Come on, dude, we got to play a song." Let me just put this out there. All right, not that it really matters. Okay, so. I would have preferred if you gave me a cool name, like uh, <laughs> oh, like a pseudonym. Yeah, like, like Rusty. Yeah, well, that sounds real name. <laughs> no, that sounds real. And you didn't bring it up, and you're just oh, I just uh, Harrison's in rehab. I just want to get two of my good friends in here because I like talking to them. Well, you are my good friend, but at the same time, I respect and admire your band. Uh, yeah. So, so we're gonna uh, we're, I'm gonna begrudgingly let you promote a, song. a band right. that doesn't need any promotions. <laughs> well, definitely not on this show. I mean, it's like you guys have you guys been around for decades. You also have a huge fan base, and you're an amazing band. Actually, I've seen you live many I w- times. I, w- I wonder though, you know, because whenever you do have a guest, like, and when Harrison started, I uh, like you guys always talked about your message boards that talk shit. So I got Rusty. He has great stories about this whole uh, adventures he has in the <laughs> valley and stuff. Uh, but now, like, luckily I'm not going to go and look at your Facebook page about how they talk shit about how stupid I sounded. Or, yeah, but they talk shit about me all the time. Just but roll people with the love you. People also do love you. No, it's a love hate relationship. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, I would have preferred <laughs> if I was like, like I don't know what my pseudonym would have been. Hmm. And if I come next week with uh, with Kyle, maybe oh, yeah, we'll yeah. come up with a new one. Maybe we'll come up with a new pseudonym. People listen this week will know it's me, but new people will just go. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, your band doesn't need any promotion, believe me. But I like your band. I've never ended the show with one of your songs. Yeah. So uh, you said you suggested we uh, play Factory. Yeah. Factory. So we're going to end the show here with Factory from the album... You're freaking me out from 1998. The old days. Yeah. You guys, I mean, but you guys have been around for a while. People, if you haven't heard of Sam I Am, check them out. They're a great band. And uh, you might be touring, so you might get a chance to go see them live. Well, we're, we're, 
we're going to go to Europe in August. But if you do the UK, if, well, yep. Uh-huh. And if you uh, if you're in Colorado in about three weeks or two weeks after this airs, come see us. We're playing a couple of shows. There you go, Colorado. Go check out Sam. I am. What's the website? Uh, it's, you can look, Google it. Just Google that. Sam. I am. All right. Anyway, uh, thanks, Rusty, and thank, thank you, you uh, Sergi, for being on the show this week. Sergi might be back next week with me too. Um, but I appreciate it. And uh, we're going to end the show here with Factory by uh, the man Sam I am. People will be back next week with episode uh, 572. Until then, take a season. from now on call me Big Mac 
And go to adamandeve.com and type in the entry code DIDDLE, D-I-D-D-L-E, for all your in-the-bed needs. Honey, I'm going to adamandeve.com. Shut up, bitch.